Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, it's time for another week of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. We're glad you're with us around the state this afternoon, wherever you're tuned in or online. Always happy to have you join us as uh, we spend an hour each and every day talking about Southern Miss sports. Welcome to the Eagle Hour opening segment of the show today, sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our program and the Southern Miss Athletic Program, and a great place to call the next time you want a special event catered or the next time you want to just take your family out for a great meal. Dickey's is located right by the mall here in Hattiesburg, and uh, they can cater for you uh, throughout this region. Just call them and let them know what you've got in mind. Broadcasting today from the Southern Bank Corps Studios, in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Bob Getty and Luke Johnson returns uh, to the Eagle Hour. Kelly's out now for a few days. And, Luke, I, I guess everybody wants to know, where have you been, brother? <laughs> well, I mean, anybody that knows what I do, several weeks during the summer I'm off preaching high school camps. I was actually down around Lake Charles uh, doing two weeks. And then last week, along with camp, I had a Ph.D. seminar every morning. So if I sound a little tired, yes, but – I have not been on the show since we are officially a member of the Sunbelt Conference, and it is a great day to be a Golden Eagle. Well, we celebrated that day, and uh, we'll celebrate the fact that you're back with us. Glad to have you back uh, uh, within the family here. All right, Heath Hint from Big Gold Nation joins us on Monday, and we're talking about the Sunbelt, and uh, Luke is talking about uh, being back for the first time since the uh, since the school joined the Sunbelt. First, first things first, a little business, uh, Heath. The Sunbelt uh, Football Media Day is coming up 26th and 27th in New Orleans, and the Golden Eagles uh, will make their presentation on the 27th. That's correct. And how nice is it? Well, first of all, let me just welcome back the original punning preacher himself. So welcome back home, buddy. Appreciate um, that. But, uh, you know, how nice is it to have a conference that the office is an hour and a half down the road in New Orleans? How nice is it that, you know, you have a conference president or conference commissioner that is out there in front. I've seen more of him not being a member of, of the Sunbet when we weren't a member right before we joined than we ever saw of Judy, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. Uh, just a, a great day, but a lot of fun to have a media day where media can get to it. If you didn't know, media day used to be out in Dallas, Texas. You had to fly all the way out there to go to media day. You don't get most of the media around 
uh, in coverage USA just because of how far it is. But with it being in New Orleans, it's a little better travel. It's not as far for everybody. So uh, I think media day would be a lot better represented, too. It's going to be a, a, a different aspect as far as covering the conference. And as far as the media goes, because uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, look, I think the, the location of Media Day is pretty symbolic of the, of the new regional nature of the conference the Golden Eagles are now a part of. Yeah, I'm just laughing. You know, you guys referring to Conference USA as, quote, Media Day, and the Sun Belt is Media Days, plural. Now, I could have got that wrong, Heath, listening to you, but it, seem, it seems as if this is a uh, will be a little better you know, uh, production and event than than what they did. But Bob, yeah, to answer your to answer your question, I mean, this is this is why you change conferences. I mean, this is why you get really excited by looking at this map um, and kind of you know kind of being out of out of state when the transition happened and talking to to people in Louisiana um, and, and a few other places. Especially a lot of people in Louisiana wanted to talk Southern Miss because of you know the LSU regional and when we knocked LSU out. And, you know, the perception is, I was talking to some, some baseball fans this weekend, the perception is with all this realignment stuff and the ACC taking a big hit, it, when it all clears, we'll know. But, I mean, the Sun Belt's going to be the third best baseball conference in the country. Curious, what did the, the Louisianans have to say about the regional? To a man, it was almost as if if y'all wouldn't have caught the hottest team in the country, you'd have been in Omaha because Omaha was. I was actually talking to, to a, a, a state fan this weekend, said the exact same thing. But yeah, South South Louisiana, um, yeah, we they they respect us after watching what we did to the Bayou Bengals. Uh, all right, Luke Johnson, I'm going to ask you this question first, and then we'll go to Heath Sun Belt football now, just a couple of months away. What would be your top three? stadiums that you would like to go watch football on your wish list of uh, the new Sun Belt? The top three venues you would like to see the most? Like this season or just across the, the board? Well, across the board. So across the board, uh, first and foremost, I want to go to the newer rock in Boone, North Carolina. I want, We don't play Appalachian this year, but when we play Appalachian State, I want it to be like late October. I want the leaves to have – uh, be turning. I want it to be in the low 60s at kickoff, and I want to I want to be there. That's one of the most pretty campuses ever. I, I really am thinking hard about going to Coastal um, in, in Conway, you know, this season. So, so those two, and um, even though I've I've played there, um, we know how how rowdy it can get in Lafayette. Um, I'm a little more tempted to go to to the East, uh, but but yeah, I'll I'll throw those. I'll say Lafayette. But Boone would definitely be at the top. Coastal will be second. And how about you, Heath? I'm going to agree with him on Boone because uh, I've had friends that have uh, been part of the Sun Belt in the past, uh, coaches, they've told me that Boone is absolutely one of the most beautiful places you can visit in the football season, especially in autumn when the leaves are turning. It's just a beautiful town nestled right in the mountains in a valley. Um, you have to stay an hour outside if you're a football team and drive in, but the town itself is just spectacular. I'm going to agree with you on Coastal Carolina as well. Um, I want to go out there just because you hear great things about it, and they got newer stadium. One I'd like to go visit is still in the East, Georgia Southern. You hear a lot of things about their game day experience, and they have a really nice stadium there. So Georgia Southern I'd like to visit as, as well. I mean, there's a lot of new places to go. San Marcos, Texas might be pretty cool. 
uh, it's going to be interesting for fans because they're going to get to travel all over the southeast and see these stadiums that Southern Miss has never gotten to play in. Yeah, no question. It's going to be a complete breath of fresh air. Last week while you were gone, uh, Luke, Kelly ran up on an article. Uh, it was posted on a on a on an internet site, so you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt, I suppose. But uh, and it talked about the fact that Louisiana Tech had uh, potentially made some overtures to uh, to the league, uh, not recently, but in the not too distant past, about rejoining uh, about rejoining the Sun Belt. And ac- according to this article, the, the that didn't get very far. But you know, we were discussing that if there were any further expansion of the Sun Belt in light of everything that's going on, certainly Louisiana Tech would be. I think a worthy addition to the league. They would, but Lafayette and Monroe will never let that happen. That that article and, indicated they were voicing opposition. Yes, I mean for for several reasons. I mean just for pride's sake. I mean you know this is the Louisiana Tech program that talked down the Sun Belt just a few years ago and told Lafayette that they needed to uh, or Louisiana, I should say. I want to honor them. Uh, they should be in a better conference. Uh, the other the the obvious part is you're not going to add a third school in your same conference and watch people that you're going after turn around, you know, and possibly beat you in sports every year. So part of it is to, to spite them. The real reason is you don't want three schools in the same conference in, in Louisiana. Yeah. I'm going to make one addition to those stadiums, guys. I haven't been there. Maybe you have, but I, I'm interested to uh, go see the facilities at South Alabama. I know we played down there last year. I, I didn't make that trip, but uh, – uh, Heath, I understand they have some really first-class facilities at South Al. They really do. Uh, got a brand new, well, I guess a couple years old now. They got kind of an indoor pavilion type practice facility. Uh, you look at their basketball arena; it's extremely nice. Stinky Field is really, really nice baseball field. They really do have some nice facilities in South Alabama. And to me, that's one of those things where moving this conference. I think that could turn into a fun rivalry. It already is a rivalry. But once you start mixing uh, the 90 miles distance, uh, you know, very hour and a half distance from each other, you start mixing the fact that their head coach is a former Golden Eagle and his dad was a Golden Eagle uh, defensive coordinator. You start mixing in all that and you add the distance, add that you're recruiting the same kids, that game becomes much more important than that, just bragging rights. It becomes a battle for recruiting, for fans, for the Gulf Coast. That is a, that's going to be a huge rivalry going forward. All right, when we come back, other side of the break, I'm going to ask the guys, what school do they think will become the biggest rival, the quickest in football for the Golden Eagles now that uh, USM is part of the Sun Belt Conference? And we're going to have some other discussions about what it means to be a member of this new league on the other side of the first break of the week on the Super Talk Eagle Hour.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. Hot, steamy South Mississippi. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Remember, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour, and it will be right there with you, 365, 24 hours a day, and we sure appreciate the, all of you that log in each and every day. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. It is a great place to buy your summer Southern Miss apparel. I'll guarantee you the store is stocked from wall to wall with great summer merchandise, and it won't be too long before football stuff will start rolling in, so uh, be sure you do your shopping at Campus Bookmart also at campusbookmart.net. Good show for you tomorrow. We're going to have a legendary high school football coach and track coach Joey Hawkins on the show to talk about how these new likeness deals and the transfer rules and uh, the NCAA. We've talked a lot about how it affects colleges, not much about how it is, how it is affecting and will continue to affect high school athletes. And uh, Coach Hawkins has great insight into that. Will East is the program director for the uh, Super Talk Radio Network, and he'll be on the show tomorrow to talk about a very special day coming up on Super Talk this Thursday, and uh, you won't want to miss that. Luke is back with us. Heath Hinton is uh, with Big Gold Nation. He's on the phone with us. And uh, All right, Luke, let me ask you question number two about uh, being in the Sun Belt. One of the problems that I think Southern Miss football has suffered in, in recent years is, is the loss of its rivalries. And I think about – Back when you were playing and the great rivalry with Memphis, the black and blue game, and how great that always was. Great, I think, rivalry at one time with Tulane. Of course, East Carolina uh, was a big rival of Southern Miss at one time. I can remember even going back further when Louisville was an arch rival of Golden Eagles in football. And going into Conference USA outside of UAB, I think it's fair to say that the Golden Eagles lost a lot of its football rivalries. And Hopefully, one thing moving to the Sun Belt will do is reignite some of those rivalries. What school do you see, Luke Johnson, becoming the biggest football rival for Southern Miss? Going back to um, going back to his point, I, I think if we if if they continue to schedule South Alabama late in the season, so we've got them the week before Thanksgiving, which is probably where you know you want uh, for a crowd moment you know that's probably better than thanksgiving weekend itself i could see that that turning into something like the battle for you know highway 98 or, or whatever you know some of these schools in the east you won't play them but once every four years or so you know probably it's on a two-year rotating basis so we'll play coastal this year and next um i really think the two that stand out to me is going to be south al and then louisiana lafayette i, I think those are the two you're in their division you're going to you're going to play them every single year uh, they can come here, you can go there. But, like, if you just name one, it's got to be South Al. It, it'll be interesting to see, though, like how, how you know, Troy develops. Um, I think it will be interesting to see about how, uh, same way, because they're cross-division rivals, but a couple of the Georgia schools. Um, and then, you know, Marshall and, and Old Dominion. But I, if I were to, to list three, it would be teams that you play every year. It would be South Al, it would be Lafayette, and um, I, I guess Troy, I would say that. How about you, Heath? I would agree. I, I would say across um, division rivals, they may look at kind of scheduling uh, maybe more annually. 
I think uh, rivalry with Appalachian State would be fun. Their stadiums, the Rock, share the same colors. I mean, you would have a Rock versus Rock type of deal. I mean, that to me, that's a great way to, uh, you know, advertise. It's a great way to promote each program, and it would bring a lot of fun. Uh, and from the fan bases talking, uh, the three Luke mentioned, of course, in the West. I think Lafayette is the team that Southern Miss fans are going to they're going to come to really not like because look to be the man you got to beat the man and right now they're the man in Sunbelt West um, so you got to beat them of course South Alabama as I said and Troy really close as well but when you're talking across divisions I like the idea of uh, Appalachian State I, I just think that could be a fun game that's played every two or three years yeah I I, I see why everybody says South Alabama and and that's understandable but I, I do too think that uh, you may you may really see some uh, some sparks fly when Southern Miss and Lafayette tangle. Uh, you, we've already seen that in baseball, and uh, I certainly think uh, the potential to see that in football. But but how exciting is that? I, I remember back back in the day, quote unquote, traveling uh, to Lafayette on several occasions uh, to watch the Golden Eagles play. And Luke Johnson, that's just a great road trip, man. You can eat really good food. Uh, the fans down there are very energetic, but we're always very friendly. Uh, Lafayette just going to be a fun place to go play ball. Yeah, it's actually my the last game of my um, college career. We we played in that stadium. I never got. They came here. Um, I think when I was a true freshman, we may have played down there. But yeah, I mean, especially with what Billy Napier has done. Of course, he's moved on to Florida. But I mean, they possibly might be a top twenty-five team. And you know, whenever they're playing well, those those fans. Get into it, and it's it will be um, one of the better environments, or, or maybe one of the best environments that this this league will have to offer outside of of the Rock. Appalachian will be the same way, um, but but yeah, Lafayette. You go down there, you make a, a day trip of it, eat good, and then go enjoy some football. And I mean, Lafayette and and um, and and Coastal have been the, the bell cows, you know, in this league for the last three years. Yeah, and while you were gone, Luke, of course, uh, the bombshell fell about USC and UCLA uh, leaving the Pac-10 and and the tumbling effect that might have as reportedly some other Pac-10 teams now are reaching out to inquire about maybe joining the Big 12. Uh, as those things develop, and obviously every league will indirectly or directly be affected, with the expansion that just took place in the Sun Belt, do you figure that league to be quiet and stable for a while, or do you think this could have some effect even on the Sun Belt? I, I think the Sun Belt doesn't want to expand for the sake of expansion because what they're doing is they're they're doing going the opposite way of, of what other group of fives have with media market. They're basically trying to put the best product. I could see where maybe they would add two more teams, but it's going to be two teams that will have something to offer rather than just going after it's a big city, we might get more eyes. Um, because they've got they've got I mean they got Atlanta, you know, I mean they've got that. Um, and so they're more concerned about the product on the field rather than the potential of, peop- of people watching through media. Yeah, Heath, isn't it possible that it, just looking down the future, this is all nothing but speculation, that you may actually have some teams from the AAC uh, that the next year or two w- would see it as a positive move to leave there and go to the Sun Belt? You might because they see the traveling expenses, what's fixing to come up and how far they're going to have to travel. I mean, you look at 
East Carolina. They're going to have to go all the way out to San Antonio, Texas now. That's insane travel. They're not making that much money. Uh, Charlotte is the same way. They're going to be going all the way out. to. They already do it. And it was breaking them in Conference USA. It's still going to break them in the new AAC. Uh, yeah, I, I think the... The way the Sun Belt did it, they didn't expand their footprint. They took schools within their footprint and made the conference better. They yeah, weren't get... looking to, to to move away. They were looking to take schools within their footprint and make the conference better and keep schools that all have the same type of the same. They have a lot of things in common: the fan bases, the size of the schools, the prestige. They all are about the same and. I think it was a great move, and I do think it sets them up very well yeah. for when all this starts going crazy in about five years. Let me throw out these two names, East Carolina and Memphis, eventually joining the Sun Belt, Luke. I don't I don't think Memphis will do it because East Carolina, I do think it's a, it's a possibility they do it. Memphis is always – somebody was writing about this the other day on, on, on social media. Memphis would view it as a step back even though it would be a, a step up because what's going to happen is – when the American finishes this, they're gonna people are gonna be looking and they're gonna say the Sun Belt has a better has a better product. Um, when when the four teams you know from the American go um, to the to the Big Twelve and the the fluidity of how the, the Power Five is going to be right now, East Carolina may be in a boat where they're gonna say we're not gonna get left behind with Conference USA 3.0. You know, in their mind, they're taking a few lumps, but. They will when when the dust clears. They will be in a better position. I just think Memphis will will be too stubborn to accept that reality. Well, it's all speculation, and uh, that's what we're doing today. But uh, it's fun, and uh, we know one thing for sure: uh, it, it's a new era for Southern Miss football, and it starts here in just a few weeks. All right, Heath, how can people join Big Gold Nation? Oh, just go to southernmiss.rivals.com. Uh, click on join. You can join monthly or you can join for a year. It's cheaper at a year's rate, a couple of dollars less. And uh, join, have a good time. We're going to have somebody going to the uh, media days. We got some other uh, scheduling breakdowns coming out. So uh, football season's right around the corner. It's time to get started. All right, everybody. Heath Hinton, Big Old Nation. Thanks, Heath. We'll uh, talk to Heath uh, next Monday as we do each and every Monday and this time of the year. When we come back, Luke and I are going to catch up. He's been out for a couple of weeks, and uh, he'll now have plenty to talk about. Stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation for kicking the week off with us and uh, kind of fun speculation about Sunbelt Conference football and where USM fits into that picture. Hey, don't forget about Mobay Beignet on Hardy Street, the official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. 
They serve delicious beignets seven days a week. They cook them as you order them. You can buy uh, three at a time, half a dozen at a time, 12 at a time. However many you buy, we know you're going to love them. Man, they're covered in that powdered sugar. they got great syrups that you can uh, also add to your beignet. And they have a great selection of coffees, both cold and uh, hot coffees. Uh, Mobay Beignet on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. Also, want to thank our good buddies down at 4th Street Bar and Grill for all they do for the Eagle Hour. That's the Great Plate Lunch in Hattiesburg. $9.95 uh, from Catfish Friday to Pork Chop Thursdays. I mean, they just have the best uh, working man's food anywhere in the Pine Belt, and uh, you can enjoy it five days a week for just $9.95. That includes your drink and your tax. That is the whole uh, shooting match. Uh, so make sure you check it out if you're looking for a great place to grab a great lunch, 4th Street Bar and Grill. All right, Luke Johnson back uh, from a couple of weeks of uh, work and back on the Eagle Hour with some news. And You know, Luke, uh, of course, while you were gone, Tanner Hall makes the uh, American national team uh, so much pride in Tanner Hall and, and the way he stood up uh, and proudly proclaimed himself as a Golden Eagle during the uh, portal uh during all the portal stuff that everyone was so concerned with, the ace of the staff, Tanner Hall, will be back uh, as the Friday night ace for the Golden Eagles next year. And as we speak, is pitching for the American national team against Cuba and pitching very well. Yeah, Team USA Baseball taking on uh, Cuba right now. And of all, they're in the Netherlands. Um, so, so Tanner's getting to pitch his first game on the continent of of Europe right now, uh, Team USA up two to nothing. They got two runs in the in the bottom of the third. Tanner uh, right now has has faced eleven batters, um, not given up a hit. He's walked two, but he struck out four. Three of those uh, four strikeouts were were swinging strikeouts. So he's uh, he's right at fifty one pitches, I think. And uh, yeah, Team USA's leading uh, two to nothing. And if you go to Team USA. Twitter profile. They got the links where you can check the box store and you can even watch the game. Got to be proud of him. He's uh, making a good show of it. And uh, Mike Bianca, the old Miss coach, uh, is the coach of the American team. And uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, during all the uh, final days of the portal, that Tanner Hall and Dustin Dickerson really endeared themselves to Golden Eagle fans. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you feel like Dickerson. Is is and and Hall in some respects it is like what Frank Gore Jr. did, you know his his freshman year, um, when when it just all fell apart and he just kind of stood up and he said, "Hey, I'm not going anywhere." And you know, it was it was a freshman at the time telling the rest of the team, these two guys, obviously Dickerson being you know the uh, the classroom junior, um, and one of those guys that that uh, you know he talks, um, but but he backs it up as well, and so you feel like uh, the fact that that really, you know, the only contributing guy that that went to the portal was was Waldrop. As big of a loss that is, you got to feel like you know, it's guys like Dicker, Dickerson and Hall committing to this team, believing that this this baseball team is an Omaha team next year. Um, that causes other guys to to stick around, and it causes guys you know from the outside to want to come in when they when they see the loyalty displayed like those guys. Well, no question, it does appear now that uh, you know the concerns about Coach Ostrander. Uh, didn't turn out to be anything to be concerned about. It appears Coach O's coming back uh, as the pitching coach, and you got to have a lot of confidence and belief that uh, if you have your ace stud coming back, a uh, starter, that uh, that Coach Oz will will find two more and develop two more starters for this ball club. If, if you look at where we were 365 days ago, knowing that we were losing Walker Powell, 
we were losing Hunter Stanley and we were losing Ryan Ock probably to the draft. And 365 days later, Ostrander just his staff just did the most miraculous, did, did the greatest statistical performance in Southern Miss history. You're talking about a, a staff that struck out 746 batters. And yeah, with Waldrop, you, you lost what, like uh, 130 of those? At the same time, there's going to be guys just like it was Dalton Rogers this year. He's going to step up. He's going to be, you know, the lefty out of the pen. That is a guy you're kind of concerned about next week w- with the draft. But I mean, Tanner All was a bullpen guy, you know? Um, and so you've got these pieces coming back. You got a few pieces coming in. And I think Southern Miss Baseball actually called the pitching staff the Wizards of Oz, being they, uh, they learned from him. So I, I like that. And I mean, it's just when you have a good program, a well respected program in this age, you're going to lose people. You just are. But because of people watching what you just did and what you have continued to do, new blood that, that's just as good as going to come in. No question. Another former Golden Eagle that's uh, really showing out having a great year is the home run king, the great Matt Walner. Yeah, Roy Hobbs, uh, the the natural. So in the last, uh, really the last five games, he has just continued to be on fire. He was just named over the last week the Twins organization minor league player of the week. Last five games, hitting three thirty three, one double, two bombs, four RBIs. He has an OPS of over a thousand, over eleven hundred, eleven eighty one. But when you kind of look at you know what he's done, and we talked early in the season, he was going to, have to cut down on you know some of the strikeouts. So he batted, he batted two hundred in April, then in May up to two eighty seven. But June and July, he has batted three forty five in both of those months. He's hit three home runs so far this month. He hit eight home runs in June. And a guy who's just seeing the ball well a couple weeks ago, uh, we, may have, we may have mentioned it in passing, but kind of the Twins brass was out there and in front of them at the minor league game for, for the wind surge. You know, Walner hit two bombs. So he's seeing it. Um, we were joking off air. He's still striking out, <laughs> you know, and that's just because he's a slugger. He struck out uh, right at 100 times. Um, but he's walked 60 times so far in, in, in 70 games. And I think that's probably the, the walk number. Uh, I think only five of those are intentional. So he's right around 60, which means he's been more patient. Um, everybody knows, you know, that, that uh, one of his weaknesses was was you know the slider you know outside and it seems to be you know, power hitters you know sitting and, and getting fooled on that but you can't deny what he's doing for the double A and you'd expect you know he, he may get he may get a special call um, you know later in the season depending on what the Twins do. Nick Sandlin got it again. He is back up with the Cleveland Guardians and I think pitched fairly well uh, his first outing now. Kirk McCarty made news, uh, I guess, last week while you were gone, as he was released uh, by the Guardians, but uh, immediately picked up by the Orioles organization. So Kirk McCarty continues uh, to survive in professional baseball. I was really happy. It was when I was out, but man, just to to know that that dude got his first, you know, uh, start in in the major leagues. Um, I was. It's it's kind of surreal. I mean, it's just cool when we we all celebrated. You know, when when Dozier told us that story about how he didn't think he was going anywhere, and you know they surprised him on on the call up. But Kurt's already been up one time this year. But yeah, I mean, when when you got a team like the Orioles, um, they need help. <laughs> so Kurt's uh, he's in a good spot, and uh, you know, with his bull, bulldog mentality, 
and uh, you know he's never had a history of, of injury. So you know you never know what it, what all you can want is a chance, just another chance, and, and he's getting that for sure. Of course, sir, we're gonna have uh, Joey Hawkins on the show tomorrow to talk about NIL deals and uh, talk about the transfer rules and how all of that's affected. Uh, high school athletics. But here's an interesting article I ran across this morning, uh, Luke. Uh, after the uh, first year of college uh, sports name, images, and likeness, a total of $917 million. That's just really hard to believe. $917 million uh, spent on that. The average football deal, football and basketball were the big winners. The average deal there in the number – and the number of athletes that got deals. The average deal was, according to this, $3,400. But it may surprise you, while there were not nearly as many athletes that got uh, these types of deals, the biggest average per deal was, of all things, women's gymnastics. And I think that's probably – I think that stat is probably pushed by two or three that uh, – that got a lot, but what do you make of that? Nine hundred and seventeen million dollars spent on likeness deals for college kids playing athletics. Our NIL deals were the bowl gifts we got. They were sweatshirts, Nike sweatshirts that said Southern Miss football on them. That's usually, occasionally we got a pair of shoes. You know, there was one time in the in the '04 New Orleans Bowl, we were kind of frustrated because North Texas got like like video cameras, like you know the old school uh-huh. before the smartphone, and they were walking up and down the French Quarter. And uh, we were flexing our brand new windsuits, but I mean, you, you look back on it. Coach Bauer wanted to make sure that uh, you know our guys had enough clothes, and so it was actually a. But yeah, you know, just to to beat a dead horse. Yeah, it's just it's a it's just a as Aladdin would sing, it's a whole new world, and it's just part of it. And we're going to adapt and continue to win at Southern Miss. All right, wrap up the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Last segment coming up next. Stay with us. segment on this Monday, brought to you as always by D-Bat and D-1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Dog days of summer. It's hard to work out outside. You can work out inside in the air condition. Big time batting cages, indoor facility at D-Bat and D-1 in Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Tanner Hall during the commercial break. Bob got out of a bases loaded jam of all things. He struck a guy out. So Wow. Uh, Hall through four, USA still leading two to nothing over Cuba, over in the Netherlands. Um, I think Jack Duggan puts these out on Friday, and I think it may have come out either right before you guys are on air or during air. But 
if you want to you know, know how our guys are doing in some of these summer leagues, and I'll just mention a few of them, Bryce Fowler, who is a, a freshman outfielder, I mean, he's, he's batting really, really good. He actually pitched a little bit, too. He's playing for the New Market Rebels in the Valley League, batting 375, already 36 hits, six doubles, 24 RBIs. So um, good stuff from, from Bryce Fowler. Another guy um, that, that pitched in the Super Regional, Nico Mazza, and I think a lot of people were impressed, you know, how he came on. He's 1-1 uh, one one right now with a 207 ERA, five strikeouts in four innings. He's playing for the Wareham Gateman of the Cape Cod League. And then a guy that we're all watching for next week, Dalton Rogers, who is recently by ESPN uh, moved up to inside the top 150 players in the draft. Um, Dalton Rogers playing in the Cape Cod League, eight strikeouts in in six innings. And uh, and then a, a guy a lot of our, our listeners are familiar with, Matt Adams. He's playing in the New, e- New England Collegiate Baseball League, 5.62 ERA, seven strikeouts in, in eight innings. Another transfer. Of all places, though, Bob, track and field. And of all events, the jumps. <laughs> Keyshawn Bird, originally out of Ellenwood, Georgia, uh, was an All-American at Mississippi State, and he is transferring uh, to do track and field for John Stewart. So uh, congratulations to the newest Golden Eagle track and field, Keyshawn Bird. And he will be joining our man, Corvell Todd, going for what is the world record, eight feet, he told us? Yep, that's what he's going for. Good stuff. Yeah, that's all the news and notes we got. Um, I, I came back, I think, on uh, on, on the deadest time of, of the year. No <laughs> question. Now, where have you been? I've been in South Louisiana. I was uh, if you, if you, in between Lafayette and Lake Charles, if you kind of go north in the DeRitter area. Uh, it's a camp called Dry Creek Baptist Camp. Uh, people, they host summer camps, and, and we had 250 kids per week. Uh, it was good stuff. But wow. and I'm glad to be back home. Um and I think Lauren's happy I'm, I'm back home. It, I think a week, week and a half, she's got some freedom, and then she starts missing me maybe after about 10 or 11 days. Hmm. Yeah, but those camps are so important in today's world, Luke. Unfortunately, I, I think that we need a lot more of them than we have. <laughs> we do, and, and I was able the first week, um, I, I walked through kind of these, what the Bible teaches about some of these hot cultural issues that, you know, get us riled up and, you know, people are very passionate about. So able to meet the kids right where they are and then, then last week, just kind of talked through the Gospels about what, you know, how, how Christ calls us to follow him. So good stuff. But, but I did have class. I had PhD seminar every morning from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Zoom. And so I would, I'd go into the late night, you know, uh, hanging out with, with kids and they're doing all kinds of crazy activities and, uh, and then, you know, in the morning. So, um, I did work and, and uh, I know Kelly probably had some, some kind of, uh, joke about that. Speaking of, of Kelly Santer, um, a, a random text messenger, and I think you would know who probably who probably sent this. Um, but apparently Kelly's out this week because he's consulting his physical trainer. Is that what you've heard? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and apparently the first conversation went like this: the fitness trainer asked Sander, "What kind of squat are you accustomed to doing?" And Sander re- replied, "The diddly kind." <laughs> Deadly squad is exactly right. Hey, let me tell you what I saw him. I saw him in all his glory Saturday night as the ring announcer for the Southern Wrestling Association. And if you've never seen Kelly in that venue before, uh, you owe it yourself uh, to do so. And uh, that was at the Cameron Center in Laurel, in, in your hometown. I took my grandson uh, at, at Kelly's invitation. It, it was quite a spectacle. 
And uh, I understand that Kelly and his crew are moving to your alma mater, South Jones, in a couple weeks, Luke. Not South, West Jones. Yes, West so, Jones. So, I'm sorry, yes, West so, Jones. What am I thinking? Yes, West yeah. Jones. The, does Kelly like? I mean, does he get along? Because because we all know wrestling is real, not wrestling. We all know wrestling is real. Real. Absolutely. I mean, does he get in on it? I mean, has he ever been hitting folded up? You know, with a with a chair no, or no, a table. I think when, whenever it got a little heated, I noticed he would ease out of the ring and and get on the outside of the ring. Kelly's not not much for much physical activity, as you well know. I mean, I I was trying to think through my mind um, about which wrestler he would have the most affinity with. Probably like Yokozuna or Earthquake. Yeah. Or some of those bigger, bigger guys. Yeah, I did see he didn't get. I did see him shove an elderly lady out of the way at the concession stand uh, during intermission. But, but other than that, I, I didn't see Kelly get too very active. Oh, uh, it's kind of rough. We're beating up on him when when he's out this way. He will be back Friday. But Bob, what we're doing also, so our listeners know, you know, kind of throughout July, we're going to try to be, try to get people from each one of the new uh, our new conference mates with with the Sun Belt on. And just to let our listeners hear about, you know, the school and the traditions and uh, let them learn those athletic departments. And then in August, we'll obviously start getting someone from their football program on to preview each one of those football teams. All right. Monday's in the books. Tuesday starts tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We hope you'll join Luke and I then. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. into the Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.